0: In the evening we're having a series on the attributes of God. Attributes of God simply means who God is and what He's like. You could call them the characteristics of God. And we've been doing this series really with this aim. Well, a few aims. One aim is to make us worship. We hope that our response will be, I am in awe of God. Another aim is to make us depend on God. We hope that our our response will be, I need this God. And another aim is to shape our character. We hope our response will be, in the words of Ephesians 5 verse 1, be imitators of God as dear children. So for all those reasons and more, we're going through who God is and what he's like. Now I wonder which attributes of God that makes you think of should make you worship God, see you need him and want to be like him. What would it make you think of about God? I reckon the most obvious one would be love. God is love. And when you hear that, wow, it should make you worship. What an amazing God of love. It should get the response, I need this God, I need his love. And it should shape you because we should love because he first loved us. You could also think about God's patience, his purity, his wisdom. You could go through different characteristics of God that should make us worship, feel our dependence of him, and see, I should in some way reflect him, be like him. But what about this attribute, God being unchanging? God being unchanging. How high up your list of things you appreciate about God does that come? That God is unchanging. Do you have things you appreciate about God? I hope so. Well, how how highly in them does this figure that God is unchanging? Years ago I came across this verse. Would you turn to it with me now? It's Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. So if you turn to Matthew and then just back a page or two. Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 it says I the Lord do not change so you O descendants of Jacob are not destroyed I remember coming across that verse years ago and as I read it I thought well I knew I needed God to be loving I knew I needed God to be powerful and wise and good and on we could go But I hadn't realised how much I need him to be unchanging. I'd heard God was unchanging, but that didn't sound the most exciting of attributes to me. It's just something there in the background. But as I read this verse, I thought, yes, it's true. The world and life and salvation cannot cope. We would be destroyed if God were not unchanging. How true this verse is, I, the Lord, do not change, so you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Now, we're going to base things around this verse this evening, although we're doing a topical series on different attributes of God. This verse is in a historical situation and a context, but most of the time we're going to ignore that. Because it is also a phrase that stands on its own as true. So we're not going to look much at what surrounds it, we will a little at the end, but most of the time we're just going to think about this statement itself, I the Lord do not change. And we're going to do this by going through some ways that God is unchanging. And each way will lead to the next one and make the next one necessary. Now I'm sure there are lots more ways than I'm going to tell you this evening, but I've got three ways this evening. Verse 6, I, the Lord, do not change. What does it mean? First of all, God does not change his character. His character. People change. Do you have changeable people in your life? People change moods. That can be difficult. It can be difficult when people change moods. You've got something to say to them and you're just trying to figure out. Are they in a good mood? then I could say it. Are they not? I'll be in big trouble. And you're trying to figure out, can I say it or not? Because their mood is is changeable. That makes makes life very difficult. I wonder if that's one reason why the New Testament emphasises self-control as a mark of godliness. People change moods. People change over time. Things happen to cause them to change. Here's an unusual and extreme example. There was a man called Phineas Gage. Phineas Gage, his job was when they were making a new railway and they were cutting through a hillside and they had to blast their way through the rock, he with a metal rod would have to pack down the dynamite ready for them to blast through the rock so the railway could go through. And something went wrong. And somehow, the dynamite that he was packing down with the rod, it exploded, and it blew the metal rod through his head. And remarkably, Phineas Gage survived. But his personality was totally changed. They reckon it hit the part of his brain that affected his personality. He became like a completely different person. Well, there's an extreme example. But there are circumstances and illnesses that change people over time. Many people have found something less dramatic but similar when a spouse gets dementia. And living with someone who's completely different, and that's so hard to cope with, we change. Have you thought what it would be like if God was like us and changed? If he had moods, if one day he's just having a bad day, And he's just going to let off steam and blast some people. If he had days when, well I'm having an unloving day today, life has been tough. Or if he gradually changed over time, even the tiniest change over time, given his thousands of years, could lead to him being weak or grumpy or unloving. So do you see why verse 6 says, I, the Lord, do not change, so you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. It would destroy us if God was even the slightest bit changeable. But his character does not change. How can we be sure? Well, the most straightforward way is because the Bible says so. Clearly here in Malachi 3 verse 6 and in various other places. You might know James chapter 1 verse 17 that calls God the father of lights who does not change like shifting shadows. We can know it because the Bible says so. And we can be sure this applies to his character. Because if his character could be improved then it isn't perfect now. And if his character could change for the worse, then it won't be perfect later. But the Bible insists he is perfect, perfectly holy and good, and his love endures forever. And we can also be sure about this because God is uncreated. He's independent. This, this comes from who he is. The creator means he's unchanging. Uh, think about us as creatures. Why do we change? Because we're totally dependent. Phineas Gage changed because he was a creature and he was affected by outside forces. We're totally dependent all the time. Keeping alive. Children, what does keeping alive depend on? Well, air and blood and food. Running a marathon. If you're going to run a marathon, what does that depend on? Well, your stage in life, I would imagine. And there might be some 90-year-olds who can run a marathon, but that's pretty rare. Your stage in life. Your energy, your fitness. And then some less obvious things. Ground to run on. Can't run a marathon without ground to run on. Or without gravity working, or friction working. Why do I mention those silly obvious things? Well, just to remind us, we are totally dependent. We need God to keep the physical world going. But he is utterly unlike that because he's the creator. He's completely different. He's independent. He doesn't need anything. That's why we read Psalm 102. Let me just remind you how Psalm 102 ended. It said, Psalm 102 verse 25, In the beginning you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands they will perish but you remain they will all wear out like a garment like clothing you will change them and they will be discarded but you remain the same and your years never end created things grow old because they're dependent we're dependent on the cells in our bodies We're dependent on the food that we eat. We're dependent on physical processes. But the creator doesn't change because he doesn't depend on those things. He doesn't need anything. And therefore nothing changes his character. Interestingly, I've just read Psalm 102, and those very verses are quoted in Hebrews. And do you know what Hebrews says about them? Hebrew says they are about the Son of God. Those verses that say the heavens may grow old but you will never change, Hebrew says they're about the Son of God. And then later it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Now there's something to ponder, there's something to get you to worship I hope. Jesus Christ is unchanging. But hang on a minute, God the Son became man. That sounds like a massive change. But he didn't change his character. Now this is beyond my brain and I'm pretty sure it's beyond yours too. But my educated guess is that maybe it's because God had made man in his image that he could become man without changing his character. Whether or not that educated guess is true, this is definitely true whilst God the son walked around Galilee his character was unchanging he was no less holy and no less wise and no less loving than he had been in heaven and we could even say this while he was sitting at a wellside, feeling as a man weary and asking a woman to get him a drink he was no less almighty God Now, we can't wrap our heads around that. But he was still fully God while being fully man. Two natures, not mixed together, but not divided. I'm I'm basically saying this, to to get you, Christian brothers and sisters, to think, wow, my saviour is more amazing than I ever realised. Unchanging Jesus. Now, let's think in a different way about this. I'm still on God's character is unchanging, but let's think a little differently because we could get the wrong impression. Because it could make God seem totally impersonal. You see, the problem is we have to judge things by our experience. And in our experience, what changes and what doesn't? In our experience, people change. They get happy and they get sad and... For us, that's part of the experience of relationship. Whereas in our experience, what doesn't change? Rocks and walls and hard things that you can't relate to. Impersonal things. So when we hear that God is unchanging, it can give us a bit of a problem. Can we relate to this God? Is he like an unfeeling stone? Well, God is in the Bible continually described as feeling. Uh, here's one example, Hosea, is a very vivid book full of feeling. And in Hosea, God says, my heart is changed within me, all my compassion is aroused. Or Psalm 2 says about Jesus, and remember we've heard he's unchanging, it says his wrath can flare up in a moment. But he's not angry because he's got an angry mood. Or he's not on another day loving because he's having a good loving day. He always hates sin. He always is holy. He always is love. He always is good. Sin arouses his anger and human need arouses his compassion because his unchanging character is like that. And so that means God has a dynamic living relationship with us But it's not based on moods or changing character. You can rely on him. You can know where you are with him because, back to our verse, I, the Lord, do not change. And he always acts according to his unchanging character. Now that leads into the second way, that he doesn't change. If his character doesn't change, it means secondly, God does not change his mind. God doesn't change his mind. Children, have you ever had someone promise you something and then not do it? I hope it wasn't a parent promising a Christmas present, that'd be bad news. Maybe it was someone at school. If you share your Christmas with me today, I'll share mine with you tomorrow. And then tomorrow they don't do it. You know, people can be so unreliable. It can be they never meant it, or it can be they did mean it, and then you know things get in the way for people. People change their mind. Or children, what about this one? What would you like to do when you're older? What would you like to be when you're older? Have you noticed that um, these days lots of people are accountants and project managers? Do you think when they were eight years old, they wanted to be accountants and project managers? Probably not. Probably not. What happened? They discovered that being a pirate was unrealistic. (laughs) Or they discovered that they just didn't, they weren't good enough to be a Premier League footballer. Or they decided that after all, they didn't really want to be a hairdresser. In other words, we change our mind because we find out new information. We Unexpected things happen. New things come to our attention and we change our minds. What a disaster if God changed his mind. Because he got new information. Because unexpected things came to his attention. Oh, I'm not going to save those people anymore because they've turned out to be an ungrateful, grumbling pain in the neck. But you know, God's never going to say that because he always knew what an ungrateful, grumbling pain in the neck we are. And yet he loved us anyway. And he determined to save us, and he will hold us fast. Now, I'm not making this up. Let me give you an example. Isaiah chapter 46, verse 10. Isaiah 46, verse 10. The Lord says, I am God, and there is none like me, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. Have you taken that in? I will do all that I please. I've known it all from the beginning. You see, we're discovering again God is totally different from us. He knows everything in advance. He's never caught out. He never gets an unexpected event. He never gets new information and thinks I'd better change tack. And so he never changes his mind. Now, again, we must think about this a bit more because again, it could make God sound very off-putting. It doesn't mean he, he doesn't feel sad about things that happen. Um, To show that, let me quote some verses that might trouble you. I wonder if you've ever come across these verses in your Bible reading and thought, how is that? Here's one example. Genesis 6, the time of the flood and Noah, it says God repented of making man. He looked and saw how wicked they were and he repented of making them. Or have you read the story of Jonah and you find towards the end... It says God repented of the punishment he said he'd bring on the city of Nineveh. Now what's going on? Is, it, is the Bible in a muddle? Contradictory? Does God change his mind? Well, first of all it's clear this repentance is different from ours. We repent of sin, God never sins. So it can't mean the same sort of thing as our repenting. It also doesn't mean he's been caught out by an unexpected event and changed his mind. It means he was sad about the sin he saw in the world. It it in a sense got to him. It means he was glad about the way the Ninevites listened to the message and repented. And he decided not to punish. Which by the way was his plan all along. That's why he sent them a prophet. It's telling us The unchanging God is not like an unchanging computer. I don't know much about computers, but I think it's a bit like this. You put in this input, that out comes that output. The computer doesn't feel anything. And it's not like that with God. You input sin, the output is judgment. You input repentance, the output is mercy. Know the Bible's saying. He's personal. And he's feeling. And he's sad over sin. And he loves mercy. And he's revealed most of all in his son, Jesus Christ, who never changed his mind, but went to that cross reliably. But as he did so, he saw sin and he felt moved with anger. And he saw human need and he felt moved with compassion. I hope you realise I'm I'm having to use human language here and it's not fully accurate. We just can't get this fully accurate. Because moved... Sort of implies being changed by new information. But, you know, God is just beyond our language. But we can say, what God, what Jesus saw was no surprise to him. But he didn't remain unaffected by it. And so he went to the cross. He carried on with the plan. Go and save sinners. God doesn't change his character. God doesn't change his mind. And because of that we can also say thirdly, God doesn't change his word. Now I've realised I've got in a muddle and I used already my illustration for this children and promises. I meant to say it here, but God in a muddle. Children, have you ever been let down by someone not keeping a promise? What a disaster if God were like that. Verse 6 of Malachi 3, I, the Lord, do not change, so you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Because his character doesn't change, his mind doesn't change. And because his mind doesn't change, his word doesn't change. And that is what we need for us not to be destroyed. I'll give you an example. Ezekiel chapter 24, verse 14, God says, I am the Lord... I have spoken, it shall come to pass, I will do it. Because I've spoken, it will happen. Well, he's given his word. I will send my son to be the saviour of the world. And he's done it. And he's given his word. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And he does it still today. And he's given his word. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And he will do it. Our lives depend on God not changing his words. Now that brings us to the conclusion. We've had God doesn't change his character, his mind, his word. And that brings us to the second half of the verse, the conclusion. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. I hope you've already seen, we'd be destroyed if God changed. Life would just be impossible if we had a changing God. But we can also say something more specific about this. Uh, We need to think about the context. We need to think about what was going on in Malachi 3. Uh, The people it was spoken to were sinning. They were treating God as if he was a charity case. Oh yes, we serve the Lord, yes, uh, when we've got time. Oh yes, we do sacrifices to the Lord with our leftovers, with the less good things. We'll keep the best for ourselves. And God calls them here, Jacob. He's saying to them, you're just like your father Jacob. In fact, literally verse 6 is, so you, O sons of Jacob. Like father, like son, you're just like your father. What was Jacob like? Children, do you know the story of Esau and Jacob? What was Jacob like? He was a trickster. He'd even disguise himself to trick his father and get stuff out of him. What a selfish man. And God's saying, you're just like your father Jacob. You deserve to be punished. But you're also children of Jacob in this sense. God says, I gave my word that children of Jacob would be my people and I would be their gods. And because I don't change, you can still rely on that promise. And so if you were to read through Malachi, you'd find, particularly in chapter 3, God says to them, I am going to discipline you. I'm going to teach you the hard way because you've not been listening to me. You're going to get a lot of trouble. But you won't be destroyed, because I don't change. And so my promise is still true. I am your God, and you are my people. You won't lose my love. In fact, I'm disciplining you, because I still love you. Now, do you see the relevance to us? Fellow Christian, if you're trusting the Lord Jesus, do you see something very similar for you? It doesn't rely on a relationship with Jacob. It needs a relationship with Jesus. God has given his promise to all who are trusting Jesus as Saviour and following him as Lord. Maybe that's not you yet. I don't presume everyone here is. Are you trusting Jesus as Saviour and following him as Lord? You could now. And then this promise would rely would apply to you. God promises this. He says, if you keep sinning, I will discipline you. If you don't listen, I will teach you the hard way. But you won't be destroyed. You won't be abandoned. You won't lose my love. In fact, I'm disciplining you because I love you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And that promise won't change because I, the Lord, do not change. Do you see how the verse hangs together? It's because he doesn't change, we are not destroyed. Now I must end with something slightly different. Well it's the same really, but it's looking from the other side. I quoted a few minutes ago Ezekiel 24. Do you remember it? Ezekiel 24, God says, I am the Lord, I have spoken, it shall come to pass, I will do it. If you went back to the context and looked what God was speaking about there, you'd find it was about God judging people who wouldn't turn from their sins. And he says, I've spoken a warning and I will do it if you don't repent. If you don't turn and trust me, I will carry out my warning. If that's you this evening, if you're still carrying on your way, And you won't turn to Christ's way. You're in dire need. You urgently need to change. Trust God and do what he says. Because he does not change. He does not change that word of warning. And if you don't change. If you don't turn from your sins to the Lord Jesus. That word of warning. It will happen. And he will judge you.